Hello, hello. I am Jess. I am Shasta, and this is Katie, Katie. Mares. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Katie. We're so excited to have you today. Um, as most of people know, that Katie is a best-selling author of Custom Her Experience, and if you have not read that book yet, highly recommend doing so. She did an amazing job. We are so proud of her. We loved the book. Yes, and we are so excited to have her on the show. We're beyond excited. Um, so a couple of things that we were going to go over here is, um, how, how are men not the problem? And I got so many messages, so many questions about what we titled this episode. So I'm super excited to bring it to everybody and shed some light on, you know, just the women in the industry and how, what it's, what it's like being a woman in yes. automotive or in business in general. Yeah. Um, before we get there, though, Katie, please tell our audience a little bit about you, um, a little bit about this amazing book you wrote, if they haven't read it yet, um, and give us a little bit of um, introduction into you and where you uh, come from. Yeah. So, um, well, I think I'm just a regular girl trying to figure out life like the rest of us, uh, but I have seven uh, incredible children. I have um, four bonus kids and three biological, and we love each other so much, so we're the Brady Bunch. Uh, I am um, insanely antsy when I stay in one place for more than like two weeks. So I bounce all over the place. We have a home in Utah. We just sold our home in Mexico, and uh, but we just bought property in Patagonia in Argentina. Um, wow. We, my husband and I, we fly fish, so we are excited to spend our, I guess, winters here as their summer there. So we're excited to build our dream home there and and get fishing, um, and and Toronto because my kids are are here in Toronto. So I'm all over the place, and and really, I'm just I'm passionate about ensuring that I help ladies get all the opportunities that they possibly can and um, spreading what I think is a great message through custom her experience. I mean, I had a really crappy car buying experience, which brought me to the automotive industry. Um, I didn't necessarily have the warmest welcome into the industry, which I think we're going to talk about that um, from women, um, surprisingly enough. And, uh, and so I wrote this book to help male dominated industries better understand the world's most influential consumer and also for women to better understand what they may need to do in order to capitalize on the opportunities that lay in front of us. Mm -hmm. So um, in a nutshell, that that is what the book's about, why I'm here and a little bit of the craziness about me. <laughs> That's that's a lot to unpack. We definitely have so much to unpack. We have a lot to unpack here. But my very first question, Katie, is if you know this off the top of your head, you said that you you really enjoy fishing. Um, what is your biggest catch so far? Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna totally um, pull up. It was it's a red snapper, and it was on the fly. Um, and if anybody fly fishes, and I'm just looking through my phone right now, so I can pull up a picture of it. Uh, this is a catch of a lifetime. So if you fish, and especially fly fish, you know that seeing a red snapper come to the top, to the surface of the ocean is, um, hola, is right. definitely next to um, impossible. It was National Geographic. So we are on the ocean and all of a sudden the sea of red boils to the top. And I'm talking thousands of um, these red snappers. And when you fly fish, you have very little opportunity because you're using a fly to mimic um, to mimic a, a sardine or to mimic 
of fish that they'll eat right. or you chum them or you, you throw those sardines out and hope that fish will come to the top. Well, this time I didn't need to do that. No chum, no teasing, just this national geographic vision of, of these red snapper coming. So the whole like ocean, it turned red. It was incredible. Wow. Anyway, it was a catch of a lifetime. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, that's, huge. that's the one on your website. I saw that one. Yeah, it's on my website. It's bigger than me. Like, it was incredible. <laughs> that is so cool. What a neat experience. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, uh, and I mean, I've had some amazing catches. We've been, uh, we, during COVID, went to the Bolivian jungle twice. We head out on Sunday to head to the Colombian jungle. So I'm really excited about that. Um, wow. Yeah, fly fishing during COVID really became um a place of serenity and uh and something to do and and i i never fished before like never i'm a city girl <laughs> my kids me all the time and they 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 talk to thing they say like how did you get my mom to do this she would have never touched a worm before and now she's holding this big slimy fish but i absolutely love it wow so you've never caught you've never fished before until covid no never never mm -mm. what got you into that Thane. Thane fishes. He's, a, he's been fishing practically his whole life. And um, I said, well, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to become better than you. And so <laughs> you did. That was, that was, <laughs> yes. Sometimes that's the only motivation we need is to be able to rub it in our husband's faces. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I love that story so much. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, I mean, I would kill you. I know. How cool is that? I want to. So my husband loves rubbing it in. Um, so my husband is a law enforcement officer and he's a really good um, marksman. He's a great shot. And so he loves being able to rub it in all the other cops faces that he's a great shot. And as much as I have zero interest in learning how to shoot a gun, I want to learn how to shoot a gun just so I can be better at him at it. Like literally for only that purpose. <laughs> there you <laughs> I'm definitely not better than at the beach game yet. Um, so we do a lot of fishing from the shore with our toes in the sand, but that's a whole slew of, oh my gosh, between, you know, a, a mile long line and your feet, the waves, the, the fly flying in the air, the two seconds you have to catch the fish, you know, coming into the, to the beach. I am not there yet, but from a boat, I give him something to compete with. That's for sure. That is so I love cool. That. I love amazing. that so much. So uh, with all the talk of, um, you know, competing with men and, you know, being in a men's world, let's um, open up this this very controversial topic, which we have, which is, um, you know, that we titled this, which is that men aren't the problem. That's been the conversation, I think, for so long that we feel like the glass ceiling that we have to break through is that men have been holding us down, which isn't necessarily incorrect, but it's also not the, the full truth. Yeah. Um, I know I can speak for myself in saying that more times than not, um, the holdbacks I've received, um, and some of you may not even be ready to hear this or even want to hear it because there's probably going to be women listening to this show or even friends with me on Facebook who have been part of the problem for me um, that y'all may not even be ready to hear this. But um, women have been more of a problem for me than men have. I 1000% agree. I think, yeah. go ahead. Sorry, go no, ahead. I was just going to say, I just think that women have such a scarcity mindset that everything is a competition. Well, yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I, I want to preface that I, I mean, I, 
because this is very controversial and as, as somebody that, you know, talks about women and I'm so pro woman and I, um, I don't want to alienate myself. However, this conversation, I think is something that we need to open up. Uh, I don't think that gender is necessarily the problem. We need to maybe look at things in a different light in terms of decision makers and leaders and what their expectations are when you're out to do a job versus the person doing the job. You know, if you're going to show up every day and, you know, be the best and, you know, do the work you say you're going to do and strive for excellence and focus on problem solving versus the problem and keep our emotions at home, then any person in that job and that role will succeed. So I, I do think that we need to take a look um, past what saying the media is going to talk about gender diversity and they're going to talk about um, how companies and organizations need to do more from a cultural perspective to be inclusive um, to women, women of color, with different races, different minority, uh, different minority sectors. I think as women, because we do have more obstacles out there, like we do, it's just fact, it's reality. Um, and the reality is the decision makers, and I talk a lot about this in my book, the decision makers are primarily men and men and women scientifically are built different, right? So I'm not just a woman here saying, oh, you know, we should be this way or that way. Like it's, it's scientifically backed that men and women are different. I do think women need to start focusing on what we can do versus focusing on the problem. And I think that we need to stop making excuses and we need to pave that path for other women. So, you know, I talked about, you know, coming into the automotive space, men are the ones that welcomed me and put their hand out and helped remove some of the obstacles. Women are the ones that put the obstacles in front of me. You know, at one point I was blacklisted and I'm not even joking. Like I was blacklisted at almost every conference. Nobody would book me. And it was because I was new. It was because I was this new younger woman that, um, you know, unapolog unapologetically, I'm a woman. Like I I'm fine just the way I am. I like to wear makeup. I like to look pretty. I like to, you know, talk about the things I know I'm unapologetically me and I I got shunned and and so I mean to the point where like even women in automotive like the keynote I'm about to do and I am so ridiculously excited for I worked five plus years to get that keynote not because not because I'm not talented enough to do it not because I don't have a message that people want to hear or need to hear but because I was blocked out by other women and so it's it's really important that while I know a lot of women have worked really hard in the industry and and kudos to them they've they've had to kick and scream and 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 do what their leaders needed them to do by the way they they did the right thing I have to I have to give that to them they did the right thing by showing up every day and doing the job that they're supposed to do what what they didn't do right though was was Instead, you know, we talk about scarcity, instead of focusing on abundance and focusing on helping and putting that arm out, they focused on scarcity and closing the gap and, and, you know, boxing themselves in because they work so hard. And so they didn't want to share that hard work with anyone else. And um, 
I'm ranting right now, but I do think that a, a, it's not that men or women are the problem. Um, I think that we just need to stop looking at the obstacles and start looking at how we, how we can be the best version of ourselves and how we show up and how we help others. I mean, we really just need to help people. Uh, it's if we do that, then everybody succeeds. I agree. I mean, yeah. I. I can't tell you how many times that somebody has reached out to me for just a simple, and in fact, in fact, this is, this kind of goes along with this, the very first person in the industry, and he probably doesn't even know this, that reached out to me for um, expert advice was Colby Joyner. And he, to this day, and if he's watching Colby, sorry to, sorry to throw this out there. uh, He was really the first person that reached out to me, genuinely seemed interested in hearing what I had to say and appreciated what I had to say. Um, And I, I loved that so much. I mean, it, it gave me a confidence boost, but it also, it also proved to me that I do have that value that I do know what I'm talking about and it is worth people hearing. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, the important thing to remember is when speaking about what we can do, it's not about looking at the doors that are closed um, or focusing on all of the doors that are closed or who has closed the doors. It's about making sure that you're the one holding the door open for the next person. I think so too. Absolutely. I'm trying to um, find this quote I heard and I'm going to butcher it if I don't um, find it, but um, here it is by the Dalai Lama. Our prime purpose in life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. And I think that if everybody lived like that, diversity and inclusion wouldn't be a conversation. Yes. Because we'd just be helping each other. And we'd be focusing on doing the best that we can for the task at hand and the purpose and the goal. And instead of focusing on the things that hinder us. Well, and Shasta can relate to this. I mean, I'll never forget whenever we first opened the BDC and how many people we reached out to just oh for just for a little bit of insight, you know, Jesus. and it was like pulling teeth to get anybody to respond to us, much less to actually give us any tips and tricks on how to succeed. And it really seemed like, oh, Robin said, can you read that again? For uh, sure. Uh, do you want me to read it now? <laughs> um, our prime purpose in life is to help others. And if you can't help them, at least don't hurt them. That's such a perfect, that's so fitting yeah. for what we're talking about right now today. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, Opening the BDC first oh, person. Yeah. yeah. I just remember, you know, whenever we went through that and we reached out to so many people that we had hoped and really thought that could help us. And it was like pulling teeth. I mean, it was people that we really were counting on helping us that we had that no we would, thought in the world. That, yeah, that in any opposite scenario, we wouldn't even think twice and would help them no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was kind of an eye opener for us back then. And that was four years ago now. Yeah. And that's the one of the hardest things about about being somebody who will always be one of those people to help others is when you don't receive it back. Yeah, but you don't, yeah, it's, it's, but I mean, I, I'm in, I I don't know, I'm very faith-based and, and so for me, 
and I have a ton of anxiety and, and the way I've grown up and we talked a little bit about this offline mm -hmm. yesterday, but I didn't have the best childhood, the best upbringing. And so I had two choices, right? I could either, um, take my circumstances and my anxiety and, and let it swallow me whole and make it as an excuse, or I could look forward, move past it, serve others, you know, have that servant mindset and, and focus not on the obstacles, but you know, on how I can get around them. And so when I did that and do that to this day, like I, I serve maybe to a fault. Like I, when I feel anxious, my coping mechanism isn't anxiety meds. It's I literally go do something for someone else because when you're thinking of someone else, you don't have time to think about yourself. And that's, you know, what the savior taught. And, and, and I know nobody's not everybody on here is religious, but it's, it's really a great lesson that when you put, pour yourself into someone else, you stop feeling sorry for yourself. You stop becoming a victim and, and actually both people win, right? It's actually a, almost a selfish act, right? I do it so that others feel good, but then it, it helps me, but I do it without expectation of receiving. And I think that, you know, when you're out to help somebody to put out your hand, to make somebody's day, um, to create experiences that, you know, go above and beyond, um, anticipate their needs, you have to do it without expectation of receiving because then it's not a gift, right? And then it's then it hurts you and disappointment, our expectations not met. So then you're setting up yourself to be disappointed in the person you just helped. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's not a gift for yourself or for them. So it's kind of pointless and, and a waste of time. That was the, um, the gentleman that married my husband and I, his name is um, Josh. We had him he was, he's a friend of ours and we had him custom write our, our marriage vows. And that was one of the things that he had written in our marriage vows was to always have the heart of a servant. That's not based upon reciprocation. And the times when my husband and I would go through any sort of struggles or whatever, I would go through and listen back to the video of our wedding and re-listen to those vows. And that was the one thing that always stuck out to me um, when we would go through that, because that would be the one thing that we struggled with, with the, the most is that we wouldn't have the heart of a servant that was based on reciprocation. We would, um, we would always want the reciprocation. Um, and so that was, it, that always, you know, seems to be what it's based on is that it's hardest for people to just do a kind act or to serve others and not expect something in return. For sure. And I think in business and as ladies who, again, we do have, I don't want to focus on the obstacles, but I, I have a chapter in my book and I think it lists out like 10 or 12 different obstacles that women have and face that men don't. So it's real. They're there. Um, but if we went into, you know, our everyday, you know, we have two choices, right? We are going to, um, we have lots going on in our life. We have obstacles that stand in front of us. We can choose to focus on those obstacles and what you put out is what you get back, right? So, or you can focus on showing up and serving, putting your hand out, and reaping those rewards. And, and that's a choice that I think, unfortunately, we have, by focusing on obstacles, we have now made it, so, and I'm choosing my words carefully, we have made it so that, you know, we don't actually get to see the success that, that we are that we should have. We don't, we don't 
see that success. We don't see those doors opening and we don't see them opening because we're choosing to focus on what's hard versus what I can do. You know, we, you know, we, we were talking about our birth story, for example, before we came on here, you know, I, I almost died when I was 25 birthing my twins, long story. And you had the same, um, sort of you, how, how many months premature was your baby again? Um, so uh, Kinley was eight weeks and my youngest Avery was six. Yeah. So, so premature and you were back and forth in the NICU. So we could have been victims to that and been like, woe is me. If anybody has an excuse, it's a mom that's going through that. Or, you know, we look at it as a blessing and we, and we keep focusing on how to make it better. I mean, we're always faced man and woman, um, mother and father, you know, husband and wife, we're faced with these obstacles all the time. If we choose to focus on them, then we act and sound like victims. And then we don't actually get to reap the rewards of, of being victors. And, and we end up, you know, we, we cheat ourselves. And so I guess the message is, you know, ladies and gentlemen, but ladies, like, there's so much opportunity out there for you. Like there's so much opportunity. If I could tell you the amount of times and, and obstacles that were put in front of me, I mean, I was, um, I'll never forget. I was told um, when I started speaking and consulting, I was told I was too pretty, too young, not outgoing enough. I mean, obstacle after obstacle put in front of me. I had two choices. I could get mad at that. I could feel sorry for myself and I could have just, not pursued it thinking that that was the truth or I could have changed myself for the worse. Instead, I took it as fuel and said, no, I, I can do this. So this is how he, and it was a gentleman. This is how he needs me to show up. Well, I'm not going to change who I am, but I'm going to listen to that feedback because that feedback got me to where I am today. And that gentleman is actually one of my most cherished mentors. And he has, is the inspiration he said no, get this. He said no to, um, when I, I approached him about the female consumer in the automotive space, he shut me down. Well, guess what? Here I am. Yep. I wrote yep. a book about it and I'm talking about it. And, and so we can use it as excuses. We can use those excuses and being victims. Or we can focus on solutions and focus on how we show up. And that's what we should do. It's, it's, we, we say that, oh, men are the problem. Oh, men don't support me. Oh, you know, we don't have an inclusive, you know, diverse culture in the dealership or at the OEM level and they don't promote that. And well, guess what? We can't change what organizations do. We cannot change your decision makers. We, we can't, we can't do that. What we can do is change ourselves. What we well, can do is focus on ourselves. It's all about controlling the controllables and letting go of what you can't control. Yes. I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, I mean, we are our own worst enemy. We are our biggest, our own biggest roadblock. And I think that the sooner that everybody can self-reflect and understand that the, the faster they're going to be successful wherever they are at. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. And it's, it's a touchy, it's a touchy subject, you know, to, to talk about because I don't want to be that, you know, that I wrote about women and I believe that women are awesome because, well, A, I am one. And I believe in giving as many opportunities as I possibly can to as many women as I possibly can because that's, I think, what we're meant to do. 
I think we, anybody who's advanced and works so hard to advance needs to share those secrets to the up and comers behind us. We don't lack, in my opinion, we don't lack women at the top because we're not capable. We don't lack women at the top because that glass ceiling is put on top of us by, by decision makers. And reality is primarily men. Like it's like 87% of the world's executives are still men. It's because we haven't paved that path for future ladies. It's because we've shut the door on in their face. And it's because we've made excuses. And it's because we focused on the problems and not the solutions. And so when I hear this, and I got to preface this, I, I want more workplaces to be inclusive because it's important. And I want minorities to have a voice. And I want women to be able to, you know, exceed without having those obstacles that they do in reality have. However, the only way it's going to start, we can't control those organizations. We can preach. I could get up on stage and tell you like the 10 different things you need to do to change your culture, but I can't force a dealer principal or a general manager to change the dealership. Right. What I can do is give every single woman in an, in the audience the tools they need to succeed on their own. Exactly. Absolutely. Or to empower them to find the place that will give it to them if the current place won't. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. I think that too often we get in our head about about what the issue is, and we don't um, we don't come up with a solution around it. Um, and I think that in, in this instance, it's it's really a, just about self-reflecting and figuring out, OK, I can't control this thing. What can I do that's going to move me past this? What can I, I do to kick that ball forward? I mean, I can give you a personal example. It's got nothing to do with um, automotive, uh, but it's recent. Like I so I suffer with anxiety. I don't talk about it a lot, but it's like really bad. I have. I have worrisome anxiety. I need to always have like an exit plan. I need to plan my day by the half hour. If I don't know what's going to happen, I can barely breathe. Like that's just, just who I am. And I try to get through life. I've never taken anxiety meds, but I mean, I, I feel for anybody who has anxiety out there, it's, it's really hard and it's a real thing. But my solution, I, so the last couple of days I've had high anxiety and I was, you know, chatting with with my husband today at the gym and the gym is is one of my outlets so i'm at the gym this morning and i'm chatting with him i'm like well my goal today is i'm going to be grateful and tell everybody who i'm grateful for why i'm grateful for them and i'm going to focus on gratitude rather than the anxiety that i'm feeling I, I literally had that conversation with him this morning and so it's it's really about it doesn't have to be huge mm -hmm. solutions it doesn't have to be these gigantic leaps and these incredible steps that you have to take over boulders. It can be the tiniest things that make the biggest difference in how you show up, what your mindset is. We, you and I, we all talked about mindset yesterday. It's about the mindset you have going into every single day. You know, is your mindset, oh, my boss isn't giving me an opportunity or is your mindset today, I'm going to go find my opportunity. What, what, what choice are you making? You always have, you're always going to be faced with a, a fork in the road. You know, what choice are you making? You know, I see Robin's comment here. We didn't pave the roads so that we could still make them walk in the ditch. That's our choice. Are we really making other women trudge through the trenches? 
It feels that way sometimes. How are we going to pave that path? You know, like that, that's our choice as, as ladies, that is our choice. We can focus on, as I said, the, the obstacles, um, or, or we can focus on the solution. Yeah. It I'll, I'll tell you from experience, um, you know, being an up and comer in this business and I, and I struggle to even say up and comer because I'm, I'm on year 10 of this. Um, but it does feel that way sometimes. I mean, I, even being on year 10 of this and being somebody who may be considered seasoned or an expert in this, I still have more to learn. I still have um, things I don't know, and there's still things I want to know. And I'm always looking to reach out to experts, um, people who know more than me, to find who's the next person I can learn from. And there's people I've reached out to, there's groups I've tried reaching out to that have straight up not even told me no, flat out ignored me. So like, let, me I can... ask, let me ask you this, because this is what probably every listener or lady is going to, you know, so what did you do? Did you just stop? Did you stop reaching out no. to people? No, I made, I made my own groups. Keep yeah. finding the ones that would support you. I, I made my own. Right. So you are able, and by the way, you're not an up and comer, so you need to change your mindset. You, you've arrived. <laughs> you've arrived. You're here. You've got a podcast. You're out helping women. You, you, you. You, you're in a successful business. You have arrived. So change that mindset, number one. Right. Women should be coming to you for help because ladies, anyone that has questions, these two ladies are going to help you out. So knock down their doors, which is incredible. But you didn't give up. Right. You didn't choose to be a victim. You right. could have. Yeah. You could have been mad at the world and mad at the industry, but instead you kept going. Right. And that's the message that I think everyone needs to hear. You just need to keep going. Yeah. You can't be mad at people for not doing the right thing. That's a heavy burden to carry. I mean, forgiveness is a gift for you. It's not a gift for the other person. It's not a gift for the industry. It's a gift for yourself so you can move lighter through life. Exactly. I love that. So don't give up. Just keep going. Don't mm -hmm. hold on to those excuses. Don't be a victim. If I yeah, if I would have given up, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have hurt those people. It would have only hurt me. Exactly. So, so what is this conversation? Who is this conversation really hurting? The, the hurting, I mean, the OEMs and the dealer principals and the dealerships, they're still making a crap ton of money. So who are we hurting by focusing on the obstacles? Ourselves. We're hurting ourselves. Yep. No one else. We're hurting ourselves. That's big. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that I don't know that anybody was was ready for that. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, Listen, the world's going to keep ticking, right? Companies are going to keep evolving. Your customers are going to keep evolving. We have a choice. Do we evolve or do we stand still? Well, whoever's standing still is going to be left in the dust. So exactly, exactly. So <laughs> you've just got to keep moving. And it doesn't have to be, as I said, not huge leaps and bounds. It could be the tiniest thing. Like today, I decided that I'm gonna be grateful and tell the people that are super important to me and who have done something great, you know, like my mother, my grandmother is in the hospital right now and my sister has really stepped up, right? She's there every day. I don't have the time to be there. And I told her, I said, I'm grateful for you. Thank you. Thank you for picking up what I can't do. That was my goal today is to be, to, to live in gratitude mm -hmm. so that my anxiety is gone. And that way, the person that I'm truly grateful feels good and I win too. I'm not hurting anybody. 
I could live in anxiety, but do you think that really hurt my sister? No, she would. Really she just hurt. Who would that hurt? Just yourself. Exactly. So we're only hurting ourselves as a, as a minority group with a ton of obstacles. We are only hurting ourselves by focusing on the obstacles. And this, I have to be very careful with how I say this. This, <laughs> this is, this is bigger than just this particular topic. This goes oh, for yeah. any minority group. Um, any, any one person in particular who could choose to be victimized by any one thing. Oh yeah. It's it doesn't lovely. just have to be the, the, the females in the male dominated world. This goes for literally anything, any, any particular situation, um, walk of life that you find yourself feeling God, yeah, walking on eggshells here. <laughs> um, feeling, feeling like that, where you feel like everything is against you. Find the, find the ways that you can be the light for others. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Be the voice. Yeah, the, you know, be the reason that other people aren't. If no, yeah, if nobody was that for you, be it for others, and for yourself. Yeah. You don't need someone else. Yeah. When I entered this industry as one person knowing absolutely nobody. I knew nobody. I've never sold a car, never worked in a dealership, never worked in the service lane. I have worked and designed experiences for every industry you could imagine for some of the biggest organizations in the world. So I have an ex I have experience, but in this industry, nobody. And I was like doors were slammed on my face. I could have given up. It would have been easy for me to go to a different industry, but I, I'm set out to help this industry because, oh my gosh, there's so many little things that can be done that will make a huge difference, not just for the customers and the dealers and OEM's pocketbook, but also for the ladies and gentlemen in the industry. Absolutely. Nobody. I did it. I, I, I eventually had people, but I did it for myself. I was able to push through because that message and that meaning behind that message meant so much to me that it wasn't worth giving up on. Exactly. Well, I think that you have uh, three ladies on screen that don't know what it means to give up on just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you don't knock us down easily. That's for sure. Um, so Katie, you kind of, you kind of just touched on it a little bit, but, and this is going off topic just a bit, but, but what did get you into the automotive industry? How yes. did stumble across it and decide, Hey, I want to be a part of this thing. Uh, so I, I just had a really, really awful car buying experience. I mean, it was bad. It, you know, it's the opening story of my book and I've told the story a gazillion times. And I, I went in with my kids and I was treated like I was nobody, you know, and the sales associate asked me the very first dealership asked me where, where's your husband? Do we need to consult your husband? And I'm like, um, no, I'm, I'm buying the car. I, I am. I, I mean, no. And so I walked out and I went to seven different dealerships, Um, you know, in a span of, you know, a month. Like I went to seven. It, right. it was hard work to give somebody my money. Like it was hard work to be taken seriously. And I don't, 
I don't wear a lot of makeup on the weekends. I'm in, a, in yoga gear or my hair's in a hat or, you know, I'm, I'm just, so sometimes I look young and I was asked, is your dad here? Do you have enough money? Do you, you know, like I was shut down and I was trying to give people my money I needed and what I didn't need a car. I wanted a car, something big enough that was, you know, all those moms that love vans. Cool. I'm not one of them. So I wanted, you know, that big three row SUV that fits the hockey gear and, and, and my friend's kids and all, all the things and my seven kids, you know, I wanted, I wanted that. Um, and I wanted a brand name. I wanted a high end luxury vehicle. I, I ended up buying a Hyundai. I saved myself 30 grand and I got all the bells and whistles and an experience. And I was taken seriously. Yeah. And when you went to that store, they treated you amazingly, didn't they? When you found they did. Oh, and, they, and they, they treated my, I, and I, I take my kids everywhere. It's me and my kids are like, I mean, we're, we're super close. So like we, we do everything together, especially when they were younger. I never left them with anybody. And, and so they were there and they, they occupied them and they didn't, you know, they focused on me. They found what I needed. They didn't treat me as a minority or as somebody that wasn't a decision maker. They treat me as a human. Basically, they cared about what I needed and provided an experience that made me feel safe and welcomed and where I wanted to, you know, give my money to. Exactly. And so it was that it was that experience that sent me down the rabbit hole of the automotive industry. And I I had I couldn't believe that a, a vehicle is the second largest purchase besides a home that somebody will make in their lifetime, unless you're buying a boat, right? Like it is the second or an RV. It's the second largest purchase somebody will make. And I couldn't believe the lack of experience that's provided, um, not only for women, but just in general. And then I started to go further down the rabbit hole and look at the female side, which got me, you know, studying the physiological differences between men and women. Okay. So why is the industry this way? Well, it's this way because there's a ton of men at the top and they are very utilitarian and their limbic brain is half the size of ours. And, you know, they communicate with logic. We communicate with logic and creativity. We use both sides of our brains. Men use one. And, and so it just started to, these puzzle pieces started to come into play. And I'm like, I could help change this industry for the better, not just from a customer perspective, but from a female perspective. And then I started designing keynotes, sorry, and I started to apply to conferences and here I am. Wow. I love that story. Um, and it's crazy to me that it took you six dealerships to find the one that was yeah. just going to treat you like a human. Yeah. Yes, it blows my mind. And I say that because we have one dealership here, Lagois. I think we talk about them on uh, every, every episode. single episode. And so they're the only dealership that I have ever purchased a vehicle from. And I couldn't imagine ever walking in there. And not being treated like family. And, yeah, and not being treated. There are great dealerships out there. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every dealer is like that. But there is. Um, so the automotive industry, I mean, it's kind of archaic right and it's like turning a cruise ship to get them to do anything, anything different um and and i mean anything not like it's anything i mean using a new program on a computer it's anything right like it's it takes because everybody's so set set in their ways and, and that's also a, a key difference between men and women right like they're just they're set in their ways 
the dealers that are doing phenomenal and, and providing phenomenal experiences are dealers that are looking outside their industry. They're, they're not focusing on the industry. If they, if you're looking at the way another automotive um, dealer is providing experience, you're going to fail every time because you, the, the automotive industry's experience competition is not the automotive industry. It's Starbucks, it's Nordstrom's, it's Chick-fil-A, it's, um, you know, Delta has an amazing experience. It's, it's, Amazon. It, it is every other, um, every other industry. It's their hair salon. It's 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 every other industry yep. other than automotive. Yep. So the competition and the experience that your customers want to receive is not dictated by the other dealers in the automotive like mall. You know that they shop. Yeah. It's it's not. It's the Starbucks coffee you know, that they just grabbed. It's that experience before they come in to buy a car that you're competing with. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, and I know that this is the the older generation. Uh, my grandma is 80 something years old and my grandfather died in, 2000, in 2020. And she is getting ready to be on the lookout for a new vehicle. And she is, has not bought a new vehicle since he passed away. And she is so terrified to even step foot into a dealership that she has put this purchase off for two years, two years. And every time I see her, she still says, I really think I really want to get into a new Subaru. I've never had one before. And I really want a Subaru before I die. And she has that conversation with me every time I see her. And I'm like, well, Graham, we've been having this conversation for two years. When are you going to do it? And her whole hold back is that she is too afraid to step foot into a dealership without my grandfather by her side. Oh, well, that's she want to be probably and and it's um do you live near her yeah yeah she lives she lives in the same town as me like, well, why are you taking her to a Subaru dealership lady yeah I mean yeah. I I'll uh -huh. take her in in a heartbeat if if she would let me but <laughs> I've never been scared of anything, and here she's scared of going into a car dealership so oh so I Kim Baker's gonna help her out. That's awesome. You know, if, if there was anybody, it would it would be Kim. Yep, we love Kim. He's awesome. Good. There, we have a solution. Yes, Yay! <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna. Where's that? There we go. Um. So I think that we'll put the link to the book. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the comments, um, your link to your book will be in the comments, and awesome. with all of the podcast links that we send over too. Absolutely. And I know that um, people can see you soon. You're going to be having a keynote speaking session. Yes, I am. So I am ridiculously a humbled and be so stoked um, to finally, <laughs> after how many years, be keynoting at Women on Automotive. And I'm the opening keynote. And uh, my keynote is a message for the ladies. That is what. Uh, yay, Robin. I can't wait to see you and give you a big hug. Um, and uh, it's it's really I hope I only hope that everybody that joins women in automotive um, for my keynote, everyone in the audience, man or woman, comes with an open mind because and an open heart, because what I am going to share and the um, the tricks and tactics and um, advice and counsel I'm going to share is not going to be what 
you would expect. So I just hope everybody comes with an open heart and knowing that I'm coming from the most wonderful place, right? I, I, I want to serve you and I want to help women be the best that they can and create as many opportunities as they can and live in their why and live in their superpower without making excuses. Yes, absolutely. And to better understand the decision makers they're working for Reality is they're mostly men. There are women decision makers, but female and male decision makers often want and need the same thing. So we're going to talk about how you can reverse engineer that kind of customer experience and how you can manage up and get the opportunities that you deserve. So That's I'm so, be so exciting. I wish I was going to be there. Be massive. I'm, I'm going to be stuck here in town. I'm missing two conferences that same week. I'm very salty about it, but I know... <laughs> I know Robin will be there. Um, she'll be very excited to see you. I hope she at least live streams it for me so that I can see it or, I don't know, FaceTimes me so that I can. Well, I I'm also hosting um, two yoga sessions. So Fridays and Sat Fridays morning, Saturday morning, I'm doing yoga and meditation um, for 50, right. 50 women at the at the conference live. Oh, well, okay. yeah, we should look at streaming it and then you can do it from, from your house. But yes, I'm going to be hosting um, meditation and yoga sessions and the sign up is on the women in automotive website and it's capped at, um, at 50 per, per session. Robin says she's <laughs> not. <laughs> Come for the inspirational uh, meditation. <laughs> yes. She, she's uh, she struggles with meditation too. Her brain never really stops. Oh, been, she's been working on that lately. I think I'm being a visionary. Yeah. Night. Yeah. I, I meditate morning and night. It's uh, it is, if you want to sit in your superpower, you got to get quiet and you got to get humble. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, um, I'm so excited that we did this today. I think this was such a message that people need to hear. And I think that we could go on for hours and hours uh -huh. and hours. I hope they heard it. On the phone. <laughs> we could have talked forever on that phone call yesterday. Oh, we were on the phone for as long as we're on, we were. on this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes. So, um, Katie, how can people connect with you, talk more with you, learn more about you, and as well as the customer experience? For sure. So, um, in my um, link tree, which is in my Instagram account, um, on my bio, you can uh, click there. That'll take you to my website, my book, um, other social media accounts. Um, I'm on, I'm on everything, Twitter, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Instagram is kind of cool because if you want to know a little bit more about me personally, that's the place to go. Um, if you want more like business and stuff and tips on five stars experiences and, and the female consumer and all that stuff, check me out on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, but if you want a window into who I am and what I believe in, you're going to check out Instagram um, but you can DM me. I always answer. Uh, you can email me, katie at katiemaras.com. Uh, you can check me out on my website. Um, and I'm here for you. So I, and I mean it. Anybody who who has reached out to me can attest to this. I, I promise I'll answer you. And I'm here to help everybody, but especially the ladies. If you have a question or you're you're stuck with an obstacle and you, and I can provide any sort of counsel, please, like, if, if I can inspire you in any way, please reach out. I love that. And we'll make sure that we put all of your social links and the Amazon link to your book on not only the podcast, but we'll go in and edit the, the video here too. Yep. And we'll make sure that all of that is included for you so that people can reach you seamlessly. 
Awesome. I'm so excited. One other thing, the, the audio version is out on May 16th. I'm so excited. Oh, oh yay! Awesome. That is so cool. Five yay. hours of listening to this lady talk. So good luck to y'all. But it's uh, it was incredible experience when I when I recorded it. And, and I really hope that that everybody likes it. Yeah, that is huge. I was wondering actually this morning if there if there was an audio version of it. I didn't even think to search it when we were reading it. But... I did and knew that there wasn't, but I, I meant to ask and I forgot yesterday on the phone. So, so that is great that to know. Yes, it is available for pre-order, but on the 16th, it goes live. Fantastic. Wonderful. Okay, so we will get all of our links um, together. And when we uh, release the podcast, it will also be in there. So if you are listening to this podcast version, scroll down and it will be in there as well. Absolutely. And I know that so many people are at Digital Dealer this week, and so they're missing this, the live webcast, but we will make sure to get all links posted so you guys can catch it on the replay. Katie, we have greatly appreciated you coming Absolutely. on the show. Thank Everything you. that you had to say, the insight, you have been amazing. So Thanks. we'll just go ahead and wrap it up now. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. So whenever you go out into the world this week, remember to light it up. We've been the Chicks in Charge, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. No, I don't.